Welcome to Dinner and a Movie. I'm Danae with Drew. Drew, what is our movie about this week? Hello, boys and girls. I'm Dizzy the Grizzly, the guest of Happy Grizzly. Drew, come on, nobody can hear you down there. Just play with the movie about. The movie's Grizzly Man. Uh, it's about a guy who spent 13 summers on Kodiak Island and uh, studying grizzlies. Okay, um, well, hard dessert. We're going to be doing a very scary trail mix. Got your tatagrams. Got your trail mix. You think you can mix this up for me? For Shizzly, my grizzly! <laughs> out in the prime cut of the big green behind me is ed and rowdy members of an up-and-coming sub-adult gang they're challenging everything including me goes with the territory if i show weakness if i retreat i may be hurt i may be killed i must hold my own if i'm going to stay within this land for once there is weakness they will exploit it they will take me out they will decapitate me they will chop me into bits and pieces i'm dead but so far I persevere. Persevere. Most times I'm a kind warrior out here. Most times I'm I am gentle. I am like a flower. I am like I'm like a fly on the wall, observing, non-committal, non-invasive in any way. Occasionally I am challenged, and in that case, the kind warrior must 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 become a samurai. Must become so so formidable, so fearless of death, so strong that you will win. You will win. Even the bears will believe that you are more powerful. And in a sense, you must be more powerful if you are to survive in this land with the bear. No one knew that. No one ever friggin' knew that there are times when my life is on the precipice of death and that these bears can bite, they can kill. And if I am weak, I go down. I love them with all my heart. I will protect them. I will die for them. But I will not die at their claws and paws. I will fight. I will be strong. I'll be one of them. I will be the master. Still a kind warrior. Love you, Rowdy. Give it to me, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I can smell death all over my fingers. Majestic creatures were filmed by Timothy Treadwell, who lived among wild grizzlies for 13 summers. He went to remote areas of the Alaskan Peninsula 
believing that he was needed there to protect these animals and educate the public. During his last five years out there, he took along a video camera and shot over 100 hours of footage. What Treadwell intended was to show these bears in their natural habitat. Having myself filmed in the wilderness of jungle, I found that beyond a wildlife film, in his material lay dormant a story of astonishing beauty and depth. I discovered a film of human ecstasies and darkest inner turmoil. As if there was a desire in him to leave the confinements of his humanness and bond with the bears, Treadwell reached out seeking a primordial encounter. But in doing so, he crossed an invisible borderline. Go back and play. to them. They work together and they get really powerful. As you can see, I'm just feet away. You just relax. You just relax. He's now moving away from me. I've now proven myself as being able to hold my ground and therefore earning their respect. This is Rowdy the bear and uh, he's rowdy. He's getting bigger. And, uh, knew from he was little little dot a couple of years ago. He's getting to be a big boy. Anyway, we're doing just fine. But that was a, a challenge, and you have to remain cool in the challenge, in the moment. If you don't, you're dead. They can kill. They can bite. They can decapitate. He was over 10 feet high, don't you? Oh, he's a big bear. He's a big bear. A very big bear. Wow. Huh. Anyway, he's over here rub-a-dub-dubbing. He's a big bear. Oh. The excitement Treadwell felt connected him immediately with children. In his campaign to create awareness, he reached thousands and thousands of school children who would remember his fabulous storytelling is one of the highlights of their school years. He took his mission so seriously that he never solicited for a fee. Over time, he reached the status of a national celebrity. 
Timothy Treadwell is crazy about grizzly bears. How crazy? Sometimes it was as if he had become a star by virtue of his own invention. I would be within the physical presence of bears 24 hours a day, four months at a time. This is crazy. This is nuts. These are the most dangerous animals on the face of the earth. And well, you want to go and put yourself in harm's way 24 hours a day? I think they've been misunderstood. How can I believe that if you are about to be killed by a bear, that you wouldn't say, oh, <laughs> I made a mistake, I'd like to have a gun. I would never, ever kill a bear in the defense of my own life. I would not go into a bear's home and kill a bear. Wow, huh? <laughs> It's great to be back with you all. First of all, let me say, uh, my wife and I found this movie. We occasionally, when we're going to, the, to get a movie, to rent a movie, we pick up a documentary just to spice things up, just for something a little different. You can learn all kinds of interesting things in documentaries. Uh, we saw this movie about a man who spent 13 summers uh, with wild grizzly bears on Kodiak Island and various other places on the Alaskan Peninsula. As I said on the movie, the last five years, he, he videotaped his experiences. The last two years, he took his girlfriend with him, which is a little strange, and, until you remember that he has done this for 10 years already, so he's getting pretty comfortable with it. First of all, some things you need to know about grizzly bears. Grizzly bears, when they become adults, can weigh anywhere from 400 to 1,500 pounds. Uh, grizzly bears can run for short distances up to 35 miles per hour. That's as fast as a horse and faster than you. Uh, grizzly bears, their, their Latin name is Ursus horribilis. Here's a hint. If the Latin name of the animal that you are wanting to live with is horribilis, you should probably stay away. Uh, I love animals. I love the zoo. I love going to the zoo. I love watching National Geographic Channel specials about critters. And so I thought this was, was right up my alley. But I have to say that my first thought in, in reading the box and saying, oh, man spends 13 summers with grizzly bears. That sounds interesting. And then watching the clip that we just said was, my first thought was, that's the guy? <laughs> that guy? Uh, maybe I was expecting someone a little bit more John Wayne, a little bit more masculine, a little bit more rough and ready, but that's the guy. Uh, Timothy Treadwell was his name. What I want to talk to you today about, what I wanted to talk to you about using Grizzly Man as, as kind of our starting point, is what you just witnessed is not just somebody who has a weird hobby of hanging out with bears. It's not, as they said on that little news clip that they said, a man who's crazy about bears. It's not, that's not it. Uh, that's part of it, but that's not it. What you've just witnessed was a man who is devoted, a man who is particularly passionate. Uh, what you just witnessed was worship. Uh, what you just witnessed was a man who devoted his life to a specific purpose, dedicated his life passionately to one purpose, uh, and we in the, the religious business call that worship. In case you don't believe me, uh, remember what they said. This is a man who uh, reveals that he wants to they sort of get past the bounds of his humanness and really bond with the bears. Uh, we learn from his diary that he really hated the world of humans sometimes and really felt more like he was at home out there in nature hanging out with bears. Uh, he gave the bears names. He says at various times in the movie, he tells the bears that he loves them. Um, he goes for free and tells classrooms full of children, thousands of school children over more than a decade about the bears. He is evangelistic. Uh, we as Christians sometimes get scared of the word evangelism. We think that uh, in order to do evangelism, you have to be an expert in the Bible. You have to be an expert in theology. You have to be an expert in psychology. You have to be an expert in uh, modern culture. You have to be an expert in comparative religion to be a witness, to be an evangelist. But here's the deal. 
What's your favorite restaurant? Fazoli. What's it? Fazoli's. Why? It's really good. You see what you just did there? You evangelized me. Uh, evangelism is sharing the good news with somebody. Evangelism is you experience something that's good and you tell somebody else about it. This is what Timothy Treadwell does with these bears. He experiences uh, summer with them and goes and tells school children about it. That's evangelism. Uh, Treadwell here is a good evangelist because the best evangelists are people who are excited about what they've experienced. Uh, and you can accuse Timothy Treadwell here of being many things. You could accuse him of being crazy. You could accuse him of being nuts. You could accuse him of being stupid. But you can't accuse him of, being, of not being excited about bears. The man is excited about grizzly bears. There's a piece of the story missing here, though. Uh, we've seen the passion. We've seen the devotion. We've seen the evangelistic emphasis that he has. But did he just decide to do this one day? Is, does he just love bears for just because? Uh, there's a piece of the story missing. And uh, two little clips we're going to see sort of fill you in on where this comes from in his life, what the background is on this. So, Beyond his posings, the camera was his omnipresent companion. It was his instrument to explore the wilderness around him, but increasingly it became something more. He started to scrutinize his innermost being, his demons, his exhilarations. Facing the lens of a camera took on the quality of a confessional. Covering various years, the following samples illustrate this search for himself. If there, I have no idea if there's a God, but if there's a God, God would be very, very pleased with me. If you just watch me here, how much I love them, how much I adore them, how respectful I am to them, how I am one of them, and how the studies they give me, the photographs, the video, and take that around for no charge to people around the world. It's good work. I feel good about it. I feel good about myself doing it. And I want to continue, and I hope I can. I really hope I can. But if not, be warned. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. I love you. Look at you. You're the best little fox. But how did I, how did I come into this work, Iris? Did you ever, did you ever get the story? I was, I was troubled. I was troubled. I drank a lot. Did you know that, Iris? You wouldn't even know what that is. But um, I, I used to drink to the point of um, that. I guess I was either going to die from it or, or break free of it. But nothing, nothing, Iris, could get me from, from to stop drinking. Nothing. I went to programs. I tried quitting myself. I did everything that I could to try not to drink and then I did everything I could to drink and um, and it was killing me until I discovered this land of bears and realized that they were in such such great danger that they they needed a caretaker they needed someone to look after them but not a drunk person not a person messed up so I promised the bears that if I would look over them would they please help me um, be a better person and um they become so inspirational and, um, and living with the foxes too that I did. I gave up the drinking. I, it was a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And the miracle was animals. The miracle was animals. I live, I live here. It's very dangerous. It's really dangerous. I run wild with the bears. I run so wild, so free, so like a child with these animals. It's really cool. Um, and it's very serious.
Aha. Uh, Timothy Treadwell is not just a person who's crazy about bears. He's not just a person who has a weird hobby. He's a person who worships because he's a person who's been delivered from something. He's a person who uh, is devoted to the to grizzly bears because he was saved by them. He, he perceives that he was saved by them from something that was going to destroy him. He said he was drinking to the point that he was either going to die from it or he was going to have to break free. And the only thing that he found that would help him out was being devoted to the grizzly bears. As a result of that, he's willing to give his life for them. He repeats over and over, I would die for these animals, I would die for these animals. That's where his courage comes from. That's where the passion comes from and the devotion comes from. That's where that evangelistic impulse comes from of trying to tell anybody who will listen. He knows he, is, he, knows he has been saved, and so he's willing to serve and even willing to die uh, for what he's devoted to. Remember that my first thought when seeing that, that first clip was, that's the guy? Uh, there's a, a deep truth here that I think we as Christians need to realize. It's that when you truly worship, when you're truly committed, when you're truly devoted, uh, your qualifications aren't all that important. Christian history is filled cover to cover with people who on paper looked unqualified for whatever it was that they did. Uh, Christian history is just filled with that. But true worship and true commitment enable people to do things that they wouldn't have imagined possible. True worship and true devotion enable people to do things that other people around them will look at and say, that person did that? That's what, it's just one of the results of true worship. Uh, those who are Christians, by being true worshipers, by being truly devoted, they can hear the call of God and then have the courage to do whatever it is that God has called on us to do. Now, it may seem a little strange uh, for me so far to, to be using this guy, who obviously is unusual in many ways, uh, as an example of evangelism, as an example of uh, being passionately devoted, as an example of being able to do something that you wouldn't normally think you would be capable of doing. But up to this point, I've been specifically focusing on the idea that what's going on here is worship. What's going on here is a worship experience. What's going on here is a religious experience between Timothy Treadwell and these grizzly bears that he was living next to. Uh, remember, it's, he describes himself as someone who's interested in preserving the bears. But there's a lot of people who are interested in preserving bears that don't go and stand right next to a grizzly bear uh, and try to reach out and touch it and give it names. Uh, this is a religious experience that he's going through. We've been focusing on the similarities so I can, so I can show you and, and prove to you that this is a religious experience. But we also now need to look at what the big difference is. Before we do that, uh, we'll look at how to make scary berry trail mix. While we're done with our trail mix, and as you can see, they make great little grizzly bags that you can take anywhere with you on the road or even on a trail, right, Drew? And remember, boys and girls, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> I don't pay him any mind. Just enjoy the show. Let me tell you, honestly, camping in grizzly country is dangerous. People who camp in grizzly country should camp out in the open to let the bears know where the tent is. My camp is unseen. It is the most dangerous camping, the most dangerous living in the history of the world by any human being. I have lived longer with wild brown grizzly bears without weapons, and that's the key, without weapons in modern history than any human on earth, any human. And I have remained safe. But every second of every day that I move through this jungle, or even at the tent, I am right on the precipice of great bodily harm or even death. 
And I am so thankful for every minute of every day that I found the bears and this place, the grizzly maze. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there is no, no, no other place in the world that is more dangerous, more exciting than the grizzly maze. Come here and camp here. Come here and try to do what I do. You will die. You will die here. You will freaking die here. They will get you. I found a way. I found a way to survive with them. Am I a great person? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're all great people. Everyone has something in them that's wonderful. I'm just different. And I love these bears enough to do it right. And I'm edgy enough. And I'm tough enough. But mostly, I love these bears enough to survive and do it right. And I'm never giving this up. Never giving it up. Never giving up the maze. Never. This is it. This is my life. This is my, this is my land. Very late in the process of editing this film, we were given access to Treadwell's last videotape. Here he may have filmed his murderer. The killer bear we know was a male whom years earlier the park service had anesthetized. They extracted a tooth which established him as being 28 at the time of the attack, quite old for a bear. They also tagged him via a tattoo on his inner lip. They had given him a number only, 141. Bear 141, that's all we know of him. And here, could this one be Bear 141? What looks playful could be desperation. So late in the season, the bear is diving deep for one of the few remaining salmon carcasses at the bottom of the lake. Treadwell keeps filming the bear with a strange persistence. And all of a sudden this. Is Amy trying to get out of the shot? Did Treadwell wait till his last tape to put her in his film? And what haunts me is that in all the faces of all the bears that Treadwell ever filmed, I discover no kinship, no understanding, no mercy. I see only the overwhelming indifference of nature. To me, there is no such thing as a secret world of the bears, and this blank stare speaks only of a half-bored interest in food. But for Timothy Treadwell, Despair was a friend, a savior. Timothy Treadwell was a true worshiper. He found something that delivered him. He found something that gave him purpose. He found something that he was willing to give his life for. But he was a true worshiper of a false god. 
He loved those bears with all his heart. He loved them enough to die for them. He was sincere. But sincerity is not enough. Love, in this case, is not enough. There has to be substance. There has to be truth. He loved those bears with all his heart, but they didn't love him back. You heard what the director said. He saw on their face no kinship, no, uh, no mercy from the bears. No relationship between him and those bears except for, uh, as the director describes it, a half-bored interest in food. That's what was there. They were not capable of loving Timothy Treadwell in the way that he loved them. And they weren't capable of saving him in the end. In fact, it was the grizzly bears that destroyed him in the end. The thing that he loved literally consumed him. Listen to what Romans 1, uh, 18-25 says about those who reject God and turn toward other things uh, to worship. It says this, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. This is the key verse. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Right in front of Treadwell's face, a hundred hours of footage of bears. Right in front of his face is something that God has made, something that God created, something that's awe-inspiring and magnificent. But... It's not a thing to be worshipped in itself, but something to point to a creator. In, just in the very few clips that we saw, in the background of all his shots is some of the most beautiful landscape on earth in Alaska. And he saw that, and it didn't point him toward God. He just accepted it as it was. This is what Romans is talking about. The God, in creating the world, has pointed to himself. He's saying, look at what I've made, look at what I've designed, and take that and then look toward me. Uh, there's a, a part of the film that I would have loved to have shown you, but I couldn't because of language. Sometimes when Treadwell gets excited and gets agitated, he tends to say things that are inappropriate for uh, public consumption. One of those things is that in the summer of 2001, there was a drought in Alaska. And there was a stream uh, that the bears depended on for salmon that uh, was very low. And so the salmon weren't able to come upstream. And several of the bears, bears that he had known for over 10 years at this point, began to starve. Uh, mothers began to eat their cubs. They were so hungry. And this obviously was very upsetting to Treadwell. And there's a scene of him in his tent. He's got his tripod set up and he's inside his tent. Uh, and he is very upset and very agitated and is crying out and, and mocking even. He's crying out to a higher power, begging for rain, that it would rain. And he says, he's, he's mocking and crying and, and cursing and calls on God and calls on, Come on, Jesus boy. Come on, Allah. Come on, Hindu floaty thing. Send us some rain. Uh, this shows us two things. One is that he didn't really know anything about Hinduism. Uh, and the other is that there were times in his life, there were, it's captured on film, where he realized that he depended on a higher power than the one that he had devoted his life to. The bears that he had devoted his life to were dependent on something beyond themselves. He was dependent on something beyond himself. He couldn't pick which higher power to call on, but he was calling on a higher power. The next scene in the movie shows him still inside his tent, and you hear just rain pouring down on the tent. And his tone is completely changed, and he says, I am the Lord's humble servant. 
I am Allah's disciple. I am the floaty things go for boy. Uh, he recognizes that the higher power has come through for him in a clinch. But the words that he says there, the words of being a servant, of being a disciple, of being a gopher boy, those are just words. Uh, his true religion, his true worship was bears. Treadwell is easy to criticize for his idolatry because it's so unusual. Uh, most of the time when I read Romans, I've read Romans 118 through 25 before and never really thought about literally somebody worshiping a four-footed creature or literally somebody worshiping the creature rather than the creator until I saw this movie and saw it. There it is on film. as someone who's devoted his life and devoted his worship to a four-footed creature rather than the creator. Uh, Treadwell is easy to criticize because his case is very unusual. The question that I want you to ask yourself today and the question that we all need to ask ourselves today is what have we given our love to that can't love us back? What are we devoted to that doesn't appreciate our devotion? We live in a society, for example, that thrives on consumption. Uh, I've said before, we live in a society that says, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Uh, just getting stuff is, a, is a, a goal of our society. Your stuff can't love you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, your, the devotion that you have to your stuff, your stuff cannot appreciate. We live in a society that values sex. We live in a society that says that sexual pleasure is one of the highlights, uh, or maybe even the highlight of life. Uh, Sex is not love. It's just not. Uh, you hear people talking about living for the weekend. Anybody here literally living for the weekend? Are you devoted to, are you passionately devoted to, uh, to the point of worship, of having time off from work, of having time to yourself? Uh, that's something that can't love you back. It's a devotion that whatever you're devoted to can't appreciate your devotion. Is it even another person? Is there another person in your life that you fixed all your hopes and dreams on and you said, if this person will just come through for me, my life will be totally happy? Now, people can love you back. People can appreciate your devotion. But, even a person is still a created thing. Uh, and no created thing can fulfill the needs that only your creator can fulfill. Any created thing that we give our love and our devotion to over and above God, the Bible has a term for this. And throughout the Bible, this is one of the most popular topics that biblical authors talk about, is idolatry. Uh, worshiping idols. Here's what Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 through 3 says. That is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. God says this to his people Israel. They are just getting, uh, he has just freed them from slavery in Egypt. Uh, and he's going to tell them what it is that he expects from them. Exodus 20. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other, excuse me, you shall have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. The Hebrew there uh, is translated as you shall have no other gods before me or you shall have no other gods beside me or alongside me. What it, literally, what it literally says is you shall have no other gods in front of my face. It's as if God is saying, get your idols out of my face. <laughs> uh, that's the first commandment. Jesus takes that and flips it around. And this is a negative uh, commandment. Have no other idols. Jesus flips that. When Jesus is asked in Matthew 22, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Uh, so that's the positive version. Uh, you can say no other gods or you can say it positively. That all your love, your devotion, your worship is to be given toward God. Uh, if all your love and devotion and worship is given toward God, then there's no room for anything else. Here's the tricky thing. Here's the lure of idols. Is that idols uh, give you the illusion of control. Uh, we saw there in Treadwell's video that he talked about being a kind warrior, being a samurai. And at one point he even said that he was the master. He was wrong. 
He was very he was dead wrong. Uh, he was he was under the illusion of being in control of the thing that he worshipped, when in fact it was always in control of him. And that's true of any idol. That's the lure of the idol is that you have the illusion that you can can worship at your convenience. But the truth is that anything that's created, anything uh, that is not God that we worship will eventually, like what happened to Treadwell, will eventually consume us. The lure of the idol is you can make them whatever you want them to be. But the truth of an idol is they can never be what you need it to be. Uh, the director here just said at the very end, when Timothy Treadwell looked in the face of the bears, he saw a friend and a savior. But they couldn't be that for him. That was his idol, but they could not be what he needed them to be. He needed a friend and he needed a savior, but bears weren't going to do it. And he just didn't realize it until it was too late. Idols are also tricky and uh, can lure us in because they're tangible. Uh, we worship a God that we cannot see. We worship a God who is invisible. Um, idols, you can see. Uh, if you're worshiping stuff, you can see your stuff. You can put your hands on it. If you're living for the weekends, you can mark it on your calendar. Here's the weekend. If you're worshiping, if you're devoted to, uh, to the point of worship another person, you can see that person. You can speak to them and talk to them. So that's a, another tricky thing. But here's the thing, is that idols are revealed in their, their tangibility. God reveals himself in what he's done. We already looked at Romans where it said that God revealed himself in the things that he's created. For God has revealed himself uh, in the things that he's made. And look, at, look again at Exodus 20. Before God gives the commandments, he says this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. In other words, you want to know me? You want to experience me? Look at what I've done. See, see what I've already done. Look at my resume. And you can see what kind of God I am. God is a God who frees people from slavery for the Israelites. God is a God who frees us from sin, who sent his son to die and raised him back again from the dead so that we could be free from our sin. Idols can be whatever you want them to be. You can make idols whatever you want them to be and have the illusion of control. But here's the thing about God. God is not interested in being whatever you want him to be. (laughs) God has bigger fish to fry. God will not be what you want him to be. God is interested in making you what he wants you to be. God will not be whatever you want him to be, but he is the only one who can be whatever you need him to be. No created thing can fulfill the need in you that your creator has put in you. No created thing. No created thing can be what you need it to be for you. Only God can do that. He will not be whatever you want him to be, but he will be everything that you need him to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for the way that you have revealed yourself to us through what you have made and through what you have done. Lord God, I just ask for grace on these people that are hearing today. God, that if there is someone who doesn't know you, if there's someone who, is, who realizes that they've been loving something that can't love them back, that they've been devoted to something that doesn't appreciate their devotion, God, that they would seek out you, that they would seek out their creator, that they would seek out the only one who knows what they need. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you have done for us, God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace to us. We ask these things in your name. Amen.